All right, so last week, Pastor Tom asked us a question, and then he ended up putting it on his Facebook, too. Does anybody remember that question that he had asked us? Nope. What? Come on, Kathy! Gosh! Anybody remember that question? God wants me to blank, but I can't. You remember that? But I can't afford to. So God wants me to blank, but I can't afford to. So I truly, I truly took this away and like, okay, God wants me to do blank, but I can't afford to. Okay. I just start processing in my mind. What could that be? Lord, please help me to understand. Give me guidance. And then I went, wait, let me like unpackage this a little bit. And realize there's this is a two part this is a two part thing. God wants me to in itself is pretty huge. And then there's but I can't afford it. So I started realizing I think that a lot of people are probably in the phase of I think God wants me to is I I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God wants me to do and I'm surviving the day, and so check mark, like I'm surviving the day. And our days, they do, they get busy, they're stressful, they're overwhelming, we have so much to do, we've probably put too much on our plate. I should not be preaching on that. I put a little too much on my plate sometimes. But that's what we do, and then we're just surviving the day, and then we don't have time to even think what God wants me to do, because we're just trying to survive it, right? So you guys have been there. Please tell me. I'm not the only one. Okay. If we start off with like, no, Katie, you are the only one, I'll say, okay, God is good. <laughs> Let us leave. <laughs> but we're not. Like, we've always, we've all been there where we're just like, how do I have time for that? And so um, this is, I feel like we're on a little bit of a rabbit wheel or a hamster wheel when it comes to like, what does God want me to do? What, what am I here for? What is my purpose? What gifts and abilities has he given me? Um, where do I even start? I'm overwhelmed. Like I said, I have too much on my plate. I'm overwhelmed. And so I just wanted to take it back to a basic that I feel like we can be encouraged by, but also continue to grow in it as well. And I hope that it does point us towards being able to answer the two-part question of what does he want me to do? And after we find that out, why do we, you know, why do we think we can't afford it or, or I can't afford it? So we are going to be in John chapter 15 um, pretty much the whole time. And that is on version. If you guys use version, I actually told Pastor Tom and we got it in the system, which never happens. <laughs> But it did this time. Um, so John chapter 15 is a lot about, does anybody recognize these verses a little bit? The vine and the branches and the fruit production in our life, right? So we're going to do a read a little, talk a little um, as we get into this. So I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. So he cuts off the branches within me that are not producing and that are not, not helpful for his plan. And he prunes the things in me that will continue to bear more fruit. And so I was looking at the word prune, and I, and I specifically said that word while praying for Pastor Tom because that's exactly what happens when he, when he goes away and has a time to learn something that's maybe outside of this, this weekly thing is he is being pruned. He's, he's learning and growing more of what the Lord has for him what the Lord has for us as a, as a congregation. And he, he's, he's pruning and cleaning up the edges. To prune is to clean it up and get the other stuff out of there that we don't need, right? You are already clean because of the word, words I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Now, when I first saw this, I thought to myself, I don't want people to get it twisted. <laughs> When we remain in him, he remains in us type of thing. Like, well, you do your part, and then I'll stick around. And I was seeing it from a side of the father's two seconds from walking out on me versus every time I choose to walk out on him, I've made that choice to walk away. And because of that, he doesn't remain in me. Not because he's choosing to leave. So... And just in case you hear that and it takes a moment of like, well, I'll remain in you if you stick around, but if you don't, like, sorry about your luck. Because it's not about luck with him, right? He's faithful. No branch can bear fruit by itself. I am not good. He is good. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And who is the vine? I am the true vine. Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Like it's Bible school days 101. The answer, nine times out of ten, Jesus. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in me. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And it repeats itself. So we always know when scripture repeats itself within the next paragraph, we must not have had our ears open enough and he knew we needed to hear it a little bit more. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and he and I, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So let's stop for a minute and think about this. How often do we try to do things on our own? And I, Believe me, I am preaching to myself so much because there's moments where I want to take control and take it back and try to make things work out for myself because it's just a fight or flight, and I would choose, I'd rather fight than flight, so I try to figure it out, be in control. But what does he say? We can't do anything on our own, but only through him can we truly have that fruit production. 
can we have fruits that are then given to others and spread out? If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. It doesn't get any more clear than that. They're thrown away and burned, done away with. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, so let's say that again. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, meaning we are taking time to know this for ourselves in our daily time, in our time, because we're staying connected to the vine. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish. It'll be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So I was realizing there's a, there's a change there. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So as a tree, I've, I've said this metaphor before kind of where I, it was back in Bible school and one of the teachers said it and it just stuck in my mind like for the rest of my life, I will remember this. The vines, the tree, we are the branches. We're spread out. We're growing. Not so that we can bear fruit and reach back and take a bite of that apple for ourselves, right? If we're reaching out and we're growing and we're getting stronger each year that a tree grows, my goodness, I've got one in my backyard that something special but it's growing and growing. I have never seen that tree ever just bend its branch back and eat the fruit itself. If you have seen it, that's not, that's not normal, right? So our example of he is the vine, we are the branches, and our fruit production, that we would bear much fruit so hopefully that fruit can be picked, shined, and nourish someone else, right? That's the goal. So if we are doing that process, then we are becoming disciples. Now when we're branching out and we reach back and we just say, man, I'm so glad I grew, I need another bite. We're missing it. We're missing it. When we continue to grow and it then gets to nourish someone else because of our faithfulness and our willingness to stay in who he is and his strength, we then can produce fruit that can be shined up, take a big old bite, and it nourishes someone else's life. So now this next paragraph that goes down, um, I want to get into it here in a minute, but I wanted to think about the, the different reasons why we sometimes um, don't have the answer for what God wants. I think God wants me to blank as one sentence. And what, what I came up with, and it could be different for you, and if it is different, please write that down and look at what your, your hard points that maybe uh, 
are your attention points that make it hard for you. But I usually have excuses, excuses for why life is too busy or, or too hard or too stressful or um, too many things going on, distractions, which is really the action of the excuse, or there's a lack of seeking him. And when it came down to it, the lack of seeking him really kind of kicks the rest of them out of the way. It's just a lack of seeking him, the lack of letting him be in charge, the lack of him being where the growth comes from. So how do we, how do we, how do we seek the Lord when we've already, we, we already have this cycle of what we do? We already have the job. We already have all the things that we do. We, we have all these things that are in place. And, you know, we can't just hit this, like, easy button that says, never mind, I've got to seek the Lord, so now I can't go to my, my job. Or <laughs> now I have to put down all these problems that are just going to go away, and now, now I'm seeking the Lord. That's, that's not doable. That's not real life. So how do we do that process in the midst of it? All right, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be made complete. My command is, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Can we just sit in that for a minute? No greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. Like that changes it for me where it just becomes like friends that are truly, truly friends. Now you've got friends that are like, oh yeah, you know, we're acquaintances and, and you know, if they want to hang out, cool. But we've got our friends that are like, when there's hard stuff that we go to and I consider them family. So when I hear this, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my Father, I've made known to you. This, I've given you everything you need. You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name, not my name, in the Lord's name. This is my command. 
love each other. So, man, first off, the transition from servant to friend, a servant does not know his master's business. He doesn't get the authority. He doesn't get the right. Now, I want, I want my attitude. I hope our attitude is to be his servant. Let him use us. But he doesn't see us that way. He sees us as his friends because he's given it to us. He's given us this instruction manual. He's given us everything that, that we need Maybe not everything. I'm so excited when we get to heaven and we get like all the tidbits that I'm like, but what about this? Or what's the answer to this? Or maybe am I seeing this wrong? Am I doing this wrong? Because I, I want to know. But he's giving me everything I need because he's my friend. And he doesn't want me to fail. He doesn't want you to fail. He wants to use us. Right? What kind of father would he be? What kind of friend would he be if he said, well, I'm going to plant the seed, but I'm going to make sure that I forget about watering that for just a little while, just so you can struggle, just so you can, you know, figure it out yourself. Or the gardener says, man, you know, I really forgot that I had a garden this year. I didn't even do any pruning. I, that's that's not the God we serve, right? Church for me has been a consumption, something that I just consume, take it in, bend those branches back and eat away. And there are times where I think that the Lord knows that that's where we're at, and I think that is absolutely okay when we are in that time. But he desperately desires for us to get past that. And I, and I really struggle. Um, I don't want this to be a hateful thing because that's not my heart. But I think the American church is stuck in some quicksand that is slowly taking us down into this consumer and we're, we're forgetting to be his disciples. We're not moving past the consuming and finding out what does God want me to do or God wants me to blank and then walk into his provision. So I don't have this. Um, I don't have this on uh, you version or even on, on the screen. But um, I had noticed on John 14, so just the chapter right before it, verse 15, and I thought it was a beautiful reminder um, and encouragement to my heart, and I would rather share it and it be encouraging to you, or you don't need it at all, and I was still encouraged. <laughs> um, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And if you ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Um, 
I think it was maybe a year ago, maybe more, because um, time is not always my friend. I can't always remember how long ago things were. But um, we had done a women's conference, and I loved, I loved, and I heard it in the moment that I needed it a whole bunch, that when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, that it ends loneliness for the rest of our lives. It ends loneliness for the rest of our lives. So this process of, of loving the Lord, keeping his commands, receiving the Holy Spirit, the, the counselor that it is, the counselor in the time of need, the, the voice of, of figuring out what God has for me, or, or, you know, maybe I should pass on this choice. And he walks with us through it. When we seek the Lord, a few things will, will automatically happen. When we seek the Lord, we will see healing. We will see healing. When we seek the Lord, we will have restoration. And when we seek the Lord, we will absolutely grow in him. We will absolutely grow in him. So now I think the big question is, why do we grow? What's it all for? What are you going to do about it? I mean, if we just take it down to simple terms, I would rather just do simple terms, but, you know, what's happening? Why am I growing? What are you going to do about it? Because we really do. We really have two choices. Well, I guess technically three. If we're growing, if we're truly growing, then the others are not even an option anyway. If we're truly growing, then our only option would be that somebody is picking that and that we are nourishing their hearts and we're, they're getting to see Jesus because of our faithfulness and because of our growth. Or we can still be a branch and we cannot grow. And then we kind of, <laughs> we get caught up you're not being used. And you're just done away with. I, I hope that's not, I hope it's not depressing. Because if you, if you see it from the father's standpoint, he's like, please, no. No. Let's do this. Let's grow. Let me prune what needs to be pruned. Let me take out what needs to be taken out. So I've seen, I've seen both sides of this equation. I've seen the branches get taken away and burned up. And I've seen where someone doesn't remain in the Lord or where I haven't remained in the Lord. And I've seen the distance that happens. 
and how hard it is to come back to that, let alone just to get in the middle, get back to the middle, the, the neutral ground, and let's start fresh from here. But I've also seen the beauty of remaining in him and his faithfulness. And I desire that. I desire that. He desires that way more than I desire it for you. He desires that. And he's given us what we need. So if we seek first the kingdom, or if we seek God first, and you're going you're gonna to get the reference very soon, all will be added. And it makes it sound simple, and it makes it sound not hard, and that's not true, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard, so don't, don't set yourself up for failure by thinking, well, I seeked him first, and now it's like silver platter, it's not. We're still doing life because that's the pruning process. And the pruning process, am I allowed to say this? It sucks sometimes. <laughs> I, I mean, it just does. It's hard. And I think it's very vital that we have people alongside us in community to do that process. He is the provider, and he qualifies us. We are not qualified on our own. So I think when we think of, I think God wants me to blank, but I can't afford it. We should really take a whole lot of time Time in scripture, time with him, time in prayer. Pray without ceasing, because I've given you a counselor, the spirit of truth. And ask him, and all will be added. We will know what he wants us to do. We will know where he has us to go today, tomorrow, the next day. And continue to remain in me. Because let's say you get your answer and you're like, I got it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then you go, well, I, I got my answer. Okay, now remain in me. And let's keep going. Right? Let's keep going.